It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From the middle is a proud founding member of the Odd Pods Media Network. <coughs> oh, for the love. Sorry, just clearing my Mountain Dew hole. I got my phone hole clean today. That's where you keep it? You're so cerebral, and you're so developed and evolved. Corey, Kendall, and Dylan, this message may be wholesome, but I doubt it'll ever come close to how wholesome that you guys are. You're an amazing show that is genuinely humbling. Not only are you all genuinely the nicest people on earth, even when a car gets crashed, you're all hilarious, handsome, and perfectly nerdy. We've met some shows, but none are quite like yours. We're both so incredibly glad we met you, and we are inviting ourselves to Ohio as soon as we can. Yep. Keep up the incredible work you've been doing and just take care of yourselves. Keep in touch and thank you so much for being so amazing to listen to and talk to. Love, Jordan and Harrison. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <sighs> Merry Christmas, fellas. That makes Dude. me that makes me happy. Friends, this is this is from the middle, episode number 81. And we're we're here as, as three middle-class guys in the middle chapters of our lives, living in the middle of America. Middle something point of view is, is somewhere in the middle. And if it, we're middle everything, our middle section uh, is, is collectively large. Um, we just love all things, all things middle. Um, one of us is tipping that scale a little bit more than the other two, uh, but we don't need to talk about that that's not what we're here for what we're here for is to acknowledge the fact that um that uh, all of us in the states know and understand that when when somebody from great britain speaks they are speaking from a place that is 10 iq points higher than yours mm-hmm. and um it is it is amazing to me that uh that the good folks over there at grief burrito have such high esteem for, uh, for three, uh, middle-aged idiots. Mm-hmm. So grief burrito fellas. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you. We've heard that there's been a, that there's been a, uh, a, a mutation going on over there where you guys are. 
look out for that. I thought you might just transition to like a Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. But no, I went I went weird and depressing instead. Is that okay? That's great. As you are wont to do. We got that audio Christmas card from our friends at Grief Burrito today. And you guys, I got a little emotional. <laughs> it it warmed the cockles of my heart. Um that was so sweet. They're the they're best. so sweet. They yeah. they melt me like a warm chocolate chip cookie. I tell you what, they're just the they are, you know, and, th- and this is this is certainly not why those guys sent that. But um, if if you out there have not tried listening to the Grief Burrito podcast, you you should do that. It is a very well done podcast by two guys who are witty as all get out, and uh, they they will make you laugh. And I, I've said this before that that hearing people talk passionately about something is is fun, even if it's something that you otherwise don't care about. Um, it can be interesting to look into somebody else's world for a moment, but you need to have an entertaining character to lead you through that. And and I tell you what, like all all things gaming, you can you can go there and just listen to what their world is like. And just to hear those two guys riff off of each other uh, is fun, enjoyable. Check them out. They are a very well thought out, very well put together operation. Uh, unlike ourselves, <laughs> they sure. are they are truly the kind of production that we look up to. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. The quality of banter and production value we we certainly aspire to, and. Uh, I honestly, I, I kid you not, I feel like they could have a, like a, a Netflix or Hulu show, like a 100%, sitcom 100%. With, with them, and I 100% would watch it. And so, not, not just gaming, mind you. They, they, no. they, they talk about a wide variety of geek culture subjects and, and cartoons and movies and, and um, tabletop gaming. And I mean, they, they kind of sure. span the gamut. Yeah. So. Now, yes, the they, they of- certainly did not expect for us to open our show with that, but it was just too sweet and uh, so nice of them that we we had to uh, we had to just start your your Christmas week episode with the warm, warm sounds of the English accent. Yeah. Yeah. And we did all of that before we even did this. So Christmas is tomorrow. Or you're listening to this late and Christmas has already happened. And you forgot, you forgot that gift for, for a special man in your life. And where do you turn? Well, where you turn is to your smartphone or your computer. You go into the browser, you type in artiusman.com. And you go there and you buy some, some manly scented items. And, uh, and then when you go into the checkout, you, you, you type in the middle as your discount code, you save money, and then stuff ships however you decide to have that arranged. And uh, when when that special person opens that package, it is going to smell and waft so joyous <laughs> that, that they will have forgotten that you forgot. Hardiestman.com. That's right. Yeah. One of our... Uh... One of our listeners, who we affectionately refer to as Midlers, if you're joining us for the first time, uh, we talked on the phone today and they're like, hey, man, about to place a big order through Artius, man, need that promo code. Mm -hmm. So I reminded him that it is the middle and he saved 25% on a big first order. So be sure you do the same. 
there's nothing more in the spirit of Christmas than talking about how you spend your cold, hard cash. That's right. And that was a beautiful segue from the gentleman at Grief Burrito. Also, speaking of purchasing. Segway sponsor as well. Go to Segway.com. Oh, did they? Or do we have a new sponsor? Huh? Are, they, are they on board? Do we have a new sponsor? Why not? Great. <laughs> we also have stickers on sale, and we got to mention it one more time because it's only going through the end of the month. So check out our social media channels. All of our super, super sweet from the middle stickers are 50% off. And there's a quantity discount, which you're going to love. So go ahead and check that out as well. And that's what I've got. No more announcements or advertisements. Um, Speaking of kind words, we were surprised by a wonderful little article from uh, Bullhorn FM. Dylan, tell us more about this, because I think you're more apprised of, of, of who these friends of ours are. And they wrote a nice little article. Yeah, yeah. So bullhorn.fm uh, is a podcast listening app that basically, instead of people who uh, are concerned about using up their data to stream podcasts and music, things like that, they they found a way through their app to let you dial in and like listen to podcasts as if it was a phone call. So it doesn't use up your data. So they're a podcast kind of community hosting platform for, for uh, listeners, things like that. And uh, they have podcast of the week, and they uh, chose us as the podcast of the week, which was uh, an honor we weren't oh. expecting, but it was fantastic. You can check them out uh, everywhere that you download apps. Just search for Bullhorn. And uh, if you want to see the write-up, we shared it in our uh, Facebook page. We shared it in the uh, From the Middle for the Middlers. And uh, you can also go to bullhorn.fm, and they've got like a little like blog section on their website. And we're right at the top of that right now because – for the uh, podcast of the week. So they did a very nice write-up about what our show is about, why you should listen to it. And uh, it was very, very cool. So thank you, Bullhorn. That was a, a very, very cool honor that we got this week. And also uh, USA Today um, <laughs> wrote an amazing article, I'm sure, um, about podcasts. And uh, we're one of those. Mm-hmm. So thank you. USA Today. Woot woot. Merry Christmas, you guys. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Christmas time. This is already longer than our Christmas episode last year. If if you were around, <laughs> uh, our normal release day is on Wednesday. And we decided because it was a holiday, we wanted to put something out on the normal release day. But I think it was something like a five-minute episode. So it was very, very short. You can go back and listen to that if you want to hear what we did last year in a quick five minutes. But already longer. And and dare I say, far more entertaining than the shenanigans. <laughs> so far, we've talked about ourselves a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, you got to get the boring stuff out of the way uh, right out of the gate, right? So, uh, other than the message from Grief Burrito uh, guys, which was fantastic, uh, all the all the self promotion is over. You guys excited? It's the big week. <clears throat> Christmas time is here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in. Uh, I'm in uh, the studio, um, <clears throat> also known as my office, and uh, looking at uh, boxes of gifts that are hanging out here because this is uh, after the wrap where we decided to keep them. <laughs> and uh, you know, because kids can't. I mean, they can't find them if they're not in the house, right? Sure. And so they're not in the house. They are here with me, and I'm. I'm excited. We'll do our Christmas Eve 
gathering things and then uh uh after christmas eve services we'll be taking these things home and santa claus will be paying a visit to the old homestead uh yeah i mean we're just i mean i i live i live for uh for christmas i know man that's what i'm, I'm over here thinking like this dude, is this is this is your game it's time. it's the big week man this is mm, <laughs> i don't even it's like 2020 never happened this is this is it right here <laughs> i'm curious uh we have a almost three-year-old i'm curious how other people you guys included handle the santa dilemma like do you is he just he's not real is he sorry for anyone listening this was a spoiler oh jeez oh earmuffs kids earmuffs kids he's not real is he what um is that where all the big big gifts come from is it just the small gifts we've we decided and this isn't firm yet but like at least for this year until she's a little older uh our little one nothing is coming from santa but he is a part of the christmas season and and we don't have to explain any more than that. So, yeah, I, yeah. But it's not like none of the you've gifts. Got, are you've got it easy from, so far. Yeah, none of the gifts are going to say from Santa. But we're just trying to figure out like how to how to talk about that. What what did you guys do? Did you change the game plan as things developed? As in change? Oh, as 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 they grew older, or yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because of COVID, did you tell them that like the North Pole <laughs> well, is has it bad and we can't? Well, or with know. each with each round with each kid, right? Did you change the game plan? However, ah, based on right. age, based on kids, how did how did you guys handle that? Go ahead, Kendall. Um, so, I mean, our game plan is always our kids, three kids, and they're thirteen months apart. So, um, so there's no game plan changing that needs to occur. But uh, we have decided that. Uh, that we want um santa kind of as dylan put it santa's sort of part of the celebration um i what i what i have chosen to do is to explain to my kids that look santa claus is not is not it, that's not a real thing but what uh but what sometimes adults like to do is play pretend with their kids and so we're going to play pretend with you and um and i tell them sort of like the redemptive story of of saint nicholas and and uh and and where that all comes from and and stems from um and uh and this little game of pretend that we're playing like it's it's pointing us towards something better and uh and so that's all good so so i i just sort of i explained that to them i also tell them that it's okay to play pretend with other kids and that other parents don't necessarily want their kids to know what you know and so and so mum's the word um Hopefully they honor that. Uh, I expect at some point they're probably going to like, they'll be the reason why some kid finds out. Crash the party like That's I cool. just did. Some adult is sobbing driving yeah, down I-71. Exactly. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I'm willing to accept that responsibility, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, that's that's how that's how we handle it. Um, speaking from from sort of like the the, the Christian perspective is is uh, anything that the world gives us we we have sort of three options um, we can we can accept it uh, as is and sort of go along and endorse it uh, we can reject it or the third option is we can redeem it and um, and so that's that's the option that we're choosing for Santa Claus we're going to to redeem it and instead of 
to be a materialistic gain way of parents manipulating their children. Um, we want to, uh, to point it to the gospel instead. So, and generally have fun with our kids and play pretend and everybody gets to know what's going on. Yeah. Same for us. Um, <clears throat> I remember growing up and, and once we were informed about the, uh, the harsh reality of, of Santa's non-existence, <laughs> it was like, well, we didn't want you to then not believe us about other things that we had told you about that you cannot see. Right. And so I understood the thought process. So with our kids, we kind of like, we have fun with it when they're real little um, and we do the pretend thing. And then we, you know, I guess it, it varies per kid, but you eventually sit them down and you say, listen, you know, we, we wanted to have fun and we wanted to make memories and we enjoyed pretending like Kendall said with you and putting out the cookies and everything, but we want you to know. And, you know, <clears throat> Santa, it's not real. And we love you, but he's not real. Um, then, then you see their minds. Who ate the cookies and who, who drank the milk and why were the carrots always left? Um, <laughs> I don't know that I believe you, Dad. I saw I saw carrots, but um, yeah, I everybody always, you know, not everybody. Many people have a have the story of how they found out, right? And mm -hmm. uh, our moms is one that that always makes me kind of chuckle. Their church was doing a sit on Santa's lap and tell him what you want for Christmas. And um, so my mom, the oldest of, of her family, um, was taken to the church to sit on Santa's lap. Why isn't, why isn't dad coming? Well, he's got stuff to do. <laughs> uh, so she sits on Santa's lap and then notices his wedding ring. Oh man. That it was the exact same as her father's. And she like looked up oh. and was devastated. <laughs> Not like a, my dad is Santa Claus. Like you sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Thanks for starting us off there, Dylan. Um, <laughs> wow. Well, that's so, what I'm dealing with. You want updates. This is real life, man. Yeah. I got a two and a half year old, almost three year old. I got to figure out what I say about Santa. No, have fun with it. I mean, it's like you want some magic and some mystery and some intrigue and some fun and make believe and, and pretend. But then at some point you gotta, you gotta dash their hopes and dreams. So, um, in for the real world, just totally right. rain Speaking on their parade. Speaking of the real world, I went out into the real world today for the first time in what feels like months. So my wife's birthday is the 23rd. So it's today. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you got to separate the birthday and the Christmas, right? <laughs> Somebody shared on our, this is a little plug for our from the middle for the Midlers group on Facebook, somebody shared the meme that is the wise man approaching baby Jesus. And they're saying, now, just to be clear, this is for your birthday and Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so Sherry grew up with that, right? Her birthday presents were wrapped with Christmas paper and, or there was just a pile of Christmas presents and her birthday gift was, well, you get to pick one, right? Like almost like mm -hmm. an afterthought. So yeah, it's a delicate thing, but anyways, so I went out to interact with the world in order to get some last minute gifts for both 
birthday and Christmas. And I feel like I have lost all social like normalcy. And I've learned that I default to basically a lonely 70 year old man. So <laughs> I sat down for lunch at a restaurant and I'm calling everybody by the name on their name tag. <laughs> yeah. Being like the corny older white dude. Um, and then I go to pay for my skyline chili, by the way, if you know anything about Ohio, we have our, we like our chili and our skyline and our gold star, um, which is on a hot dog with cheese anyways, or on spaghetti. She goes, how was your food today? And my response in true 70 year old man fashion was, boy, that really scratched an itch. <laughs> That's what I said when paying for my skyline. <laughs> and then it felt weird. And I was like, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> but I was saying Merry Christmas to everyone. And I, I was saying Merry Christmas to everybody, calling them by their names, daring people to say happy holidays. <laughs> Caught myself calling dinner supper. I mean, did, did you lean back like in your booth and stick your hand under your belt and jeans? Yeah. Did you, un, did you get up and undo a notch? Boy, that really scratched and gross. What am I talking about? <laughs> I've completely lost all normals. Uh, I've slowly walked your way. I've slowly walked your way out of there, leaving a trail of baby powder. (laughs) (laughs) I've expressed that concern to Bree a couple times. I really feel like all social skills have gone out the window in this this whole thing, and like I'm over interacting at drive-through windows or under interacting because they're talking so fast, my brain can't keep up anymore. Yeah, Space you, Robot Five has to relearn the world. But then you find yourself doing it mid conversation, so you're trying to overcorrect, and then it gets weirder the other direction. <laughs> I talked for way too long to the guy at FedEx when I was getting a few pieces of art printed out, like just weird stuff. <laughs> they start inching away and you're in the middle of a story. <laughs> it wasn't done yet. <laughs> Let me show you pictures of my grandkids. <laughs> it's weird, man. I did not do today. Well, the socialing. You'll get back in it. Yeah. There's always tomorrow. No, there's not. I'm not going anywhere. Um, <laughs> What else is new, guys? Uh, well, can we can we just get into it? The big news, the big the big event of the, 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 the what has become a Christmas tradition. Now there has to be the end of a Star Wars series mm-hmm. or a Star Wars film, mm-hmm. and that's that's a that's a new Christmas thing. It's been the past several years that whenever my brother-in-law comes into town for Christmas, like we have a Star Wars movie to go watch. Mm-hmm. Right? Did you just segue us into a Star Wars conversation? I did. And do you wow. know why? Do you know why? I don't. You don't want to have to talk the rest of the episode? Because I don't <laughs> feel like talking anymore. No, I watched The Mandalorian season two. The whole season? The whole thing. Done. Oh, boy. Like, done you the listeners kids, are in for it now this the kids the kids were uh the kids were in cincinnati um since friday and uh all weekend long it was just the wife and i and uh uh we uh we decided in our so 
yeah, honestly, it stemmed from from us, according to Dylan's advice, uh, going through the logistical conversation of uh, of what streaming services do we want to keep and which ones do we want to ditch for now. And uh, Disney Plus is is one of those that's getting ditched. But it was like, but first, Mandalorian. So watched that and over the course of two days, and uh, and uh, Disney Plus is going to be leaving our. Uh, leaving our pocketbook for a while. So what'd you think? You know what we think. What'd you think? What did I think? So yeah, there's a, uh, there's a Bubba uh, who came back, came back during the, uh, during the end there. And uh, people were all excited about him. Um, that, and it was, it was, it was really cool. And uh, um uh so yeah there's bubbers uh there was a uh 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 scott hamilton uh looks a lot younger now uh 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 so there's that <laughs> i guess we better throw out a spoiler alert based on those jeez yeah. bubba and scott hamilton bubba and scott hamilton so i thought his backflip was amazing right Anyway, no, I don't know. I'm not the person to lead a Star Wars conversation. Well, let's let's hear from some some of the people. So we've been reaching out as we see people's interaction on not just the season finale episode, but the season in general. And so we want to play some of those for you um, before we dig into that conversation. Some came in via voice message. Some came in um, via social media. Some came in via text. But um, I don't care which one we start with. This one. The season finale of Mandalorian. Spoiler alert. It was great storytelling, great character nods, awesome fan service that paid respect to the franchise at the same dang time. And it is also laying down the foundations to what is going on in the current film saga, or rather the latest one. But it was epic fantastic. I jumped up and down when that X-Wing slid into that ship, oh, so smoothly, and just walked around cloaked up. And I said to myself, my God, this is not about to be. Yes, it is. It's your boy out here saving lives. This, the, the whole thing is just so great. From the cast of characters, like the women that just took that ship with no mess ups, with ease, they took over that ship and they just look, look. So, so that was uh, Michael Watson, good friend of ours, who was our guest for episode 45 and he got cut off. I'm sure he would have waxed poetic for quite a while longer about his thoughts on the finale. And he did a really good job of keeping it relatively spoiler free. But um, yeah, thanks Mike for, for uh, the voice message. <laughs> Yeah, he was talking about the Scott Hamilton scene. <laughs> Scott Hamilton scene. I love his passion. All right, we got another one. Well, holy Jellica Willikers, my from the Middle Brothers. Yeah, I can see why you were so damn excited about that. You guys love Boba Fett. I am very excited as well to hear any more about Boba Fett going forward into the next series. I actually thought that had been cancelled, so I'm glad that they're going forward with that as well because I want to see more. Oopsie. I can't know if I can. Can I swear? I don't know. Poopsie. Anyway. See you later, guys. Bye. Two houses in one episode. That's awesome. Yeah, so 
tiny spoiler there on, on Boba, you can see next to me, I've got my Star Wars holiday special uh, Boba Fett Funko Pop. So he's joining us for the episode. Uh, see, we got another one. Hey, this is Russ. My thoughts overall on season two of The Mandalorian is uh, more of a step in the right direction. I thought there were less unneeded scenes in season two than in season one, uh, but I could still do without all the traveling scenes just to fill space. Um, if someone's saying they're going from one place to another, I don't actually have to see it. I would be fine with them just showing us as they arrive. Uh, as far as the cameo goes, um, I thought it was fantastic. Uh, really, really good way to do fan service uh, in a good way where it still made sense with the story. I didn't have any problem whatsoever with the CGI. Um, but then again, I don't look into that stuff too deeply. And I think a whole lot of the fans on the net just need something to be mad about. So, uh, but it looked fine with me. And I'm sure like all things, Lucas, they'll go back and keep correcting it over the years until it looks absolutely perfect anyways. But uh, I loved it. So good season. I'm looking forward to what's next. And that's our boy Russ from Infectious Groove Podcast giving his thoughts on uh, the last episode. So, um, Dylan, you want to read your text and then we'll kind of take all of that into a big funnel that is dissecting the season finale and season two in general. Yeah, absolutely. So I got a text from Brad in Philly. We heard a voice voicemail from him a week or two ago. Um, and so here were just some of his general thoughts on Mandalorian season two. And uh, Brad from Philly says, I grew up with Star Wars. And for the first two decades of my life, we really only had episodes four, five, and six. So, of course, it's great to see my favorite characters pick up and continue their stories. Spoiler, I love that Luke Skywalker come, was coming to save the day. It was in some ways mirroring the scene of Darth Vader at the end of Rogue One. Like father, like son. Also, who's your favorite new character that was introduced in the show? That question is directed for us so we can answer that. And then um, he goes on to say, um, I asked him a little bit about, he had mentioned uh, in a side conversation, uh, he really loves the character of Ahsoka Tano. And so he said, I've always been kind of questioning some of the things that the Jedi do. Uh, I guess I identify with her. She's actually a good person. She was trained by Anakin, so she's certainly a powerful Jedi. Uh, and she has the power of the Force behind her, uh, but she's also always trying to do the right thing with it. Uh, she wields it. She knows its power and what it can do, and she respects it. Also, the white lightsabers are sick. So, uh, and and some of that alludes to uh, a little bit the animated series. If you never watched uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars, long story short, the Jedi Council kind of they don't turn on Ahsoka, who's a Jedi in training, but they think she might be guilty of a crime, and she she ends up walking away from her Jedi training and from being a Jedi because she feels betrayed by the Jedi council. And so, um, but even after that, and then we see her in the clone wars, she's still trying to do the right thing. Uh, and she's still trying to find the villain and she's still trying to help people. Um, even though she's no longer a Jedi. So that's a little bit of what he's alluding to with some of the extra content. So thank you, Brad and Philly. And we'll, we'll come back to your question. Um, who are new uh, favorite new characters that were introduced in the show are. Dylan, you want to start? I got so many. How do I choose just one? I mean, the, it feels like you almost got to take the Mandalorian out. Yeah, I was just gonna say you almost have to remove Din Djarin or the main primary character because it, it he's so good. <laughs> he's 
like it, especially now that we've seen the end and in, in the send off with Grogu or Baby Yoda, as obviously people are gonna always call him. Um, you almost have to take him out of it. And and w- really quick, let's let's listen. Let's hear from one of our friends. Uh, do a quick ad, and then let's come back because Din Djarin deserves a pause and and for us all to take a moment. Looking for a new podcast? Check out the Infectious Groove podcast. My name is Russ, and I host the show along with Michelle and Kyle. Every Monday, the three of us bring you music news and tell you our jammy jam, so you'll always have new music to check out. The Infectious Groove podcast discusses music from nearly every decade and genre while openly displaying our passion for music you need to hear. On top of that, we have a thought-provoking main topic of discussion every week to get you thinking, discussing, and sharing music. We also include interviews with the music stars of yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all major podcast platforms. Subscribe and listen to the Infectious Groove podcast on your favorite podcast platform today. So favorite character introduced in Mandalorian. Okay, it's going to be kind of a tie. I wish we had seen more of uh, Werner Herzog, the client from season one, as kind of a villain. He's the gentleman that's kind of in the bunker that originally is paying Din Djarin to go uh, pick up the kid. Um, it's between him and Giancarlo Esposito as yeah. Moff Gideon. Like he's such, such a good villain. And the whole scene on like the, the bridge of the ship in the finale where he's sort of playing the situation and he knows the dark troopers are there and he's sort of playing it up. Uh, he's just so good. It's probably, it's probably Moff Gideon. And you didn't even see breaking him in Breaking Bad. He's no, no. He's so scary in Breaking Bad. He's a wonderful actor. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's got to be Moff Gideon. Um, and I'm just trying to not to go with the obvious. Like it's still Grogu, or it's still Ahsoka wasn't introduced in this series, so um, I won't say Ahsoka. Cara Dune is really cool as a character. I, I you know, I, some people will criticize. Um, her, her acting chops, uh, Gina Carano's acting chops, but I think she's done a fine job. So it's, she's my runner up. I, she's not a great actress, um, actor. Um, she's clearly more of a MMA fighter, but from a character design and just her look and how she carries herself. And especially that episode where they're taking over the ship. Um, she's just cool. Um, but I'm actually going to go with Bill Burr as Mayfield. Um, I think he brought like a really cool um, depth to his character. We, we saw him earlier in the series, but the second to last episode uh, where he goes with Din Djarin into the uh, Imperial base and you sort of learn how much the war, um, they referenced a specific battle. I don't remember the name of it, but um, how much it affected him. He almost has like post-traumatic stress um associated with it and when the officer starts sort of um flippantly talking about the lives that were lost you can kind of see him snap so he goes from this comedic relief character to like one with a lot of depth and then he kind of shows his good side by um sort of saying hey nobody's seen your face and he gives mando his helmet back and helps him sort of bust out of there. So I don't know. I just, maybe it's cause I'm a big stand-up fan and I just respect Bill Burr as a comedian, but I thought he brought a lot of uh, a cool layer to the show. Um, and it was cool seeing him as a, as a pretty badass guy. I thought it was cool. 
I, I thought it was interesting. I don't know if this backstory is true, but it's going to be canon in my head. I guess John Favreau invited him to be on the show where Bill Burr had actually made fun of Star Wars, like in general, and, and was not a fan. Doesn't and surprise John, me. And John Favreau sort of like, you know, let me probably like a let me change your mind kind of thing. Let's let's find a place for you. And then Burr, Bill Burr has come on the show. That doesn't mean he likes Star Wars anymore now. But I have a feeling that that being a part of something like the Mandalorian has got to at least change your opinion a little bit. Um, but yeah, I, it, to have basically two episodes and his character to develop that much, the first episode, you don't think he really cares about anything at the end of that episode. He's the same character at the beginning that he is at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And then that just totally 180s mm-hmm. in, in the, his second episode, which is is a lot. And I think Wikipedia has his official star wars location is space boston so <laughs> i think that's i think that's where he reports from no i'm just kidding but <laughs> space uh, boston i think he's from space boston so yeah i get it yeah I, that was uh <clears throat> mayfield would be my answer as well i i, I like uh um I always enjoy sort of the the little the little character that that comes along and and helps the cause in their own unique fashion and and in Star Wars it's often like a co-prisoner um or a thief or it's it's often like a a dirty character of some sort that has some particular skill or knowledge and um, I always enjoy those little characters and, and they're often used, uh, for comic relief, which, um, which I like, but, uh, but yeah, no, the, the, just the, the, the character development, it just taking that, that one little view of one little like bit character who is in, in two episodes far apart from one another. Um, and just, just seeing what, uh, what a writer can do with that character, and um, to me is is impressive. And uh, I thought, I mean, I don't know, Bill Burr, I mean, just just like having a British accent makes you smarter. <laughs> having a New England accent um, just like makes you funnier. And like, anything you say, like if it has any kind of sass behind it, but you put a Boston accent on it, it just comes out hilarious <laughs> to my ears. And so, yeah, I enjoyed. I enjoyed that. I almost guy. wish they would have taken his development a little further. There's no reason that they couldn't have thrown him on the ship, right? Like, yeah, I, I think he'll be back. I don't think that's his last episode. Yeah, I think he he'll be great. back, and I think he needs to be wearing a Scully hat when he when he comes back. <laughs> I, I'm kind of intrigued by. Uh, I want to. Well, I'll put it this way: I'm I'm intrigued by where they could take Fennec Shan, uh, played by Ming Na Wen. I, I'm not impressed yet, and it's not Ming-Na Wen's fault because her character, she's playing the same character she was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. If you watch that, she's just like the enforcer role, right? So, like, there's no depth to her yet. We don't have any backstory. I, it, She kind of struck me as, like, apparently the Fets have a type because she looks a lot like the assassin that Jango Fett hired to take out... <laughs> yeah. Uh, to take out the the uh, uh, Padme, you know, and I think Attack of the Clones. So, like yeah. at the beginning, even like the helmet 
and like being the assassin, like it's all the Fets clearly have a type for their number two. <laughs> and so I'm watching this and like Boba Fett basically has the same type as his dad. That's Ming-Na Wen in this movie. The, the helmet's the same or almost the same. The look is very similar. Um, but they just haven't done anything with her yet. So it's not that she's not a cool character, but she's not interesting yet. And I hope Zan they do. Wessel, man, that was bothering me. <clears throat> It was Sam, Sam Wessel. Sam Wessel. So I hope they do a lot more with Fennec Shan because I think Ming-Na Wen has a lot more range that they haven't shown yet. But um, yeah, man, I, I totally get it on Bill Burr. I think a lot of people after that second episode he was in really felt like he he was the shining part outside of the action. He was the shining part of that that episode with the cast. So, um, And I have to say, so just as a big picture thing with season two, uh, not new characters, but we get Ahsoka Tano shows up, Bo-Katan shows up, Boba Fett comes back, Luke Skywalker comes back, Thrawn gets name dropped, uh, which is just going to be a great villain in live action. And not to mention getting to see Dark Troopers and the Dark Saber all come like to life in this show. So much happened in season two. In, in hindsight now compared to season one, it's crazy. Uh, Dylan, just, that's just fan service. Don't you realize this is all just a cash grab? Yes, I do realize it. <laughs> and as long as the quality is there, I don't care. I, it doesn't. <laughs> I was reading a thing earlier because obviously at the end of of the finale, the book of Boba Fett or whatever was kind of on the was like a, a title screen or something. And Disney has confirmed that that's a series that's coming next year as well with the Mandalorian season. Yeah. Three. Separate from, there was some early speculation that the book of Boba Fett would be the Mandalorian season. three. Right. Uh, see, that's what I was wondering too. And they confirmed that they are two separate things, two separate shows. And so on top of the Disney investor day announcement with all the other Disney stuff coming, uh, that's Star Wars and Marvel and all that. Yes, there is a ton of content coming. However, if it's done well, that's not a bad thing if if they take their time. Uh, I think clearly enough people are fans of The Mandalorian that, that Disney, Lucasfilm, Star Wars, they're, they're getting a pretty good idea of what the fans enjoy. Yeah, and so yeah, there's I, certainly no shortage of ideas and <laughs> stories that they can tell. And Oh, man. Every, every time they come out with something, like there's there's new... Well, when there's you, just yeah, there's right. new stories like there's there's just always I mean, when's the animated series of Luke Skywalker starting his camp and that 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 ends with uh, with with uh, with what ends up being an origin story of Kylo Ren? Like what when when does that happen? Like that's going to happen at some point, right? Well, and I think that's the idea that that the Clone Wars which all that probably could get off the ground at the time was the animated Clone Wars, was the supplemental material to the prequels and led into the original trilogy. Rebels, the animated series, was the supplemental material to the original trilogy and to the sequel trilogy. So the, the idea is now they don't, have to, they don't have to do animated series anymore. Now they can make supplemental material for the sequel trilogy and it can be live action short series on Disney Plus and they can fill in whatever gaps they wanted. 
and and by creating something like the Clone Wars animated series, it made a lot more fans out of the prequel trilogy because they were able to fill in a lot of gaps and add to the characters and Anakin and Padme and Obi-Wan and the clones. And, and it made people much bigger fans than of the prequels than they might have been. Um, and, and so I think that's what we're seeing now. And Disney can continue to make supplemental content that will, over time soften people's opinions of the sequel trilogy as the universe gets filled in and they get more answers and they see more and, and the story gets fleshed out more. So I I think that's the, that's the beauty of what they can do now with, with a bunch of mini series on Disney plus. I want to talk a little bit more about the post credit scene. And and I only posted in our um, Facebook group that there was one because I, I don't normally, I normally love listening to the music and watching the, the, concept art during the credits but once it goes to black i'll sometimes just uh get out get out of the episode for whatever reason we just left it playing and and my daughter goes dad there's more and then they they show uh java's palace and i'm like oh snap and there was i had this moment where for two series we realize where this falls in the overall timeline we know that the mandalorian is taking place some years, I th- I've heard anywhere from three to 10 years after the second Death Star was destroyed and the Emperor were, was supposedly killed. Um, so this is shortly after Return of the Jedi, right? But you get so into the Mandalorian and that story that you kind of forget where it falls. And so to be taken back to Jabba's palace and to see that Bib Fortuna has now uh, basically assumed the throne, I'm assuming, of, of uh, Jabba's throne. And then Fennec comes down, Boba Fett comes down, shoots Bib Fortuna, who says McClunky, by the way. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yes. <laughs> um, we talked about that in a previous episode, how they sort of re rejiggered some of the scenes between Han and Greedo. And that this phrase McClunky was heard. Interestingly, after that happened, I saw the actor that played Bib Fortuna comment McClunky because <laughs> he knew he was going to say it later, right? So anyway, that was cool. Yeah. Um, but then Boba Fett assumes Jabba's throne and it just to see Return of the Jedi stuff in the Mandalorian world a character who nothing has happened in his story since 1983 to just like all these ways that things loop back around and fuel and add to and supplement. And, and maybe some of it you would only appreciate if you were as deep into this stuff as, as, as two, sometimes three of us are, but I think all the ways that the story supports itself and loops back around into Kendall's point there's so much you can still do and add and explain that chunk of time that was never explained. And I mean, the same is true for any huge universe, JK Rowling, how many wizard stories can you tell? Um, How many Star Trek spinoff stories can you tell? How many Doctor Who stories can you tell? Like these big worlds that were created by artists and writers, um, Marvel. I mean, it's just massive. The, the scale of it. And so it's just so fun for me to see these, these things connect over time. And I don't know, I'm, it's just, it's so fun to get lost in and have conversations about on Christmas week. 
Well, and like one thing I think about the Mandalorian that I appreciate, you know, with really just getting as far as live action is concerned, the movies, I like how much more grounded it feels. And, and one example that I'll use. So uh, Din Djarin, the Mandalorian gets on the ship. One single dark trooper gets out of their sort of holding area and this character that we've seen basically beat down enemies for two seasons yeah, kick gets manhandled, and only because of essentially a special weapon does is he able to beat the dark trooper. Um, it kind of resets. You go, okay, oh, Dindarn is very human, and there, yes, those those dark troopers just got pulled out the hatch, but like, uh, yeah, this is serious. And then to see Luke come in and just absolutely manhandle him. And, yeah. and I love that scene on the bridge because like uh, Moff Gideon knows they're all dead when the dark troopers are released. Like he's basically messing with, with Bo-Katan knows she's dead. Fennec Shan knows she's dead. They all know they're dead when the dark troopers are coming. Um, and, and it's sort of like rogue one when you're seeing these guys storm the beach and you're seeing Vader come down the hallway and you, you get to see the, I don't want to sound cheesy, but you get to see the power of the force again through the everyday character's eyes. And you go, oh, snap. Yeah. Like you're you're in row one and you're looking up at the ATATs breaching through the, the palm trees. And you feel that point of view of the everyday person again. And then Luke shows up and Moff Gideon to- attitude totally changes. Now he wants to off himself because he doesn't want to have to deal with this Jedi because you're seeing raw like force power again. And it's just so nice to have those moments where you just, you kind of get a refresher. Cause we just saw Ray pick up a lightsaber and like yeah. dual Kylo Ren. And, and you forget what the gifted force users world is like until you see it again from the point of view of Mando barely surviving one dark trooper. Uh, yeah, that's a beautiful it's, point. It's that, so refreshing to see that to see that that to see that contrast. So like in, in one scene, and just compare A and B, and to to get that because it, you're right, and so much of uh, of of what we see with Star Wars is a lack of that contrast. You're either looking at one world or the other. And then, then you have one that that says, "Well, this is that the, these are the playing fields." Yeah, Lily even commented on it. It's the only comment she made during the finale was like, "For two seasons, we've watched the toughest thing be a guy with really good armor." And then maybe he met his match with Moff Gideon because he has a dark saber. But she's like, all this talk of who's tough and who's strong and sort of like the, the your bar for what what power was. And then a Jedi con- comes in and just cuts through that like butter. And you're just, it just makes you appreciate the Jedi so much more. Um, did you guys know right away that it was Luke? Like when the X-Wing came in? I, I My first reaction was actually... The, the pilot from a previous episode, I the thought, oh, planet. maybe a couple X wings are showing up. They're going to like, maybe there's, he's the head of a boarding party or something to help with the dark troopers, you know, and then, and then you see somebody get out and you see a lightsaber and you're thinking there's only a couple known Jedi left in the universe. There's a character from a video game that's canon, but that felt like a weird, would be a weird introduction. There's Ahsoka. And then you see a green saber. <laughs> 
And then the glove all but confirms it, the single glove, you know, pulling his MJ glove out with his lightsaber. And so then it's like, <laughs> then, you know, it's Luke. Right. Yeah. And so I didn't, Man. I didn't, I didn't initially think Luke, honestly. I thought I was proud of myself because like I noticed a glove and, and told my wife then and there that, Oh, I bet you that's Luke. And, uh, I thought I was proud of myself. And then Dylan was like, well, and then there was the obvious point. That was the that last was, most obvious thing. I yeah, was, <laughs> to know what was going on. What did you, did you at think? least, did you at least cheer a little bit when you, when you saw his face? Yeah. Was I, that a moment at all for you or was the glove your cheer moment? No, the whole thing was exciting at that. I mean, no, 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 no. I mean, like if you're, I had this moment sitting there with my wife, but if you were in the movie theater and everybody in the movie theater goes, yeah, does that moment happen when they see the glove or does that moment happen when they see his face? Most people I don't think would have picked that or would have put it together from the glove or they would have held suspicion until it was confirmed by the face. That depends on whether you're going to the theater on opening night or whether you're going <laughs> to the theater three weeks later. Such a good point. Opening night, you're the idiot if you don't pick up on the glove. Three weeks later, everyone sees Luke's face and goes, oh. All right. Well, I picked up on the glove, and I thought that it was super awesome that I did. Good job, buddy. And then Dylan was like, I I don't want to talk about Star Wars anymore. I didn't mean to take Well, if we've got to end the Star Wars discussion, can I put one warning out there? (laughs) Well, no, hold on. On the face, did the motion cap, mocap face bother you? The video game looking face, the uncanny valley, the whole thing. Lily didn't even know that it. she thought it was an actor who just looked a lot like him because she was sitting further away. Does that bother you? Like what they did with Princess Leia in in Rogue One? Is it the same thing they did with Princess Leia? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I was fine with it. If that's the case, I think it was better done than it was with Princess Leia. It's high tech deep fake. It's basically what it is. I was, I was, I was pretty sure it was Sebastian Stan, the the Winter Soldier from Marvel. With all the side by sides I've seen of him lately, it my brain just jumped to that because I've seen enough like recent memes that like Sebastian Stan could play a young Luke Skywalker. So. I, I, it didn't bother me to answer your question, but it did pull me out of it. It pulled me out of yeah. the show because I wasn't really listening. I had to rewind because I wasn't really listening anymore. I was looking at the details because yeah. I was just kind of mesmerized by it. So it pulled me out of it a bit and I, I, I can't fault him for that. I mean, it is what it is. I did the same thing when I watched Rogue One with, um, Grand Moff Tarkin and with Leia, it kind of pulled me out in both of those moments. Yeah. I was honed in more on what it was than what was happening. It's a little, it's a little weird. It's the uncanny valley, something we've talked about, I think, once or twice before in this in this podcast. Which is, the closer you try to get to human realism, the more you notice that it's not a human being. Especially the dead giveaway is always the mouth. It's they cannot with technology get the lips to wrap around the teeth and do the things that your mouth does when you talk. And it just looks like a video game. Now, when he was just sitting there with a static face, I would have believed that that was 1983 Mark Hamill all day long. But um, once they talk and once the lips move around the mouth, I'm like, ah, it's kind of weird, kind of video game cutscene for me. Yeah. But does it bother you? Like, do they wish they don't? No, it, do I don't know what else you would do, right? Because, like, 
if you put, even though that, that Sebastian Stan looks so much like a young Mark Hamill, then you're going to have people complain like they did for Solo, right? Like, you should have just mo-capped his face, made Harrison Ford's face on him, and well, or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. I I, I don't fault them. I, I don't think it'll be the last time we see Luke in all of these things that are coming out in live action. I think they'll just they'll either keep doing it or they'll have an actor by then that they're going to use permanently. Cool. I they can, use Mark Hamill's voice. Yeah. I I again. It I I can say I re, it really truly didn't bother me but it pulled me out a little bit. And then I was sitting there kind of focused more on it than I probably should have been. So um, okay, I know, what, it was bothers, your, what was your I know it bothers some people. So my warning was going to be, <clears throat> I, I just, I drew a parallel in my mind and maybe I'm overthinking it, but I wanted no. to say it. <laughs> so do you remember after, well, I was certainly overthinking Star Wars, but do you remember after the force awakens, there was heavy, heavy speculation about Snoke where the story would go because it felt so open-ended at the end. Like it didn't, you knew at the end of season one of Mandalorian that like, it was still going to be about baby Yoda as the story. Mm. We have no idea where season three is going to go now. So my warning to people is don't work up a bunch of expectations for what season three is going to look like at this point. If you're a big fan of the show, I think people are going to get really, really excited about things that could happen because it was it ended so open. I think people are going to want what they think should happen next to happen next. And are going to get more hung up on that than they should. Moff Gideon is still alive, but is it going to be about Bo-Katan? How's Mando going to get the saber to Bo-Katan? Is, well, let's, let's create a little time capsule. Here we are. Going to show up. Here we are, December 2020. What do you think's happening in season three? And we'll come back and listen. I, I well, my point isn't what I think's going to happen. My point is, I mean, I, I don't mind you. speculating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we get like, your point. But let's have some fun now. Yeah, let's have some fun. <laughs> All, right. All right. So that's my that's my warning. Fair. Can, that's a that's a good point though because it might it be is. like a football team has a building season. It might be. It might have to be like a gap, a stopgap kind of season where you build up another epic yeah. plot. We might, I think, not, we might not get as many cameos in season three. So it might feel like it's de-escalating because he's completed his task. Grogu's gone. We might not see Thrawn. You know, it might be more about Bo-Katan and it might feel like one story drawn out longer because I anyways, that was, that was. Yeah. I think kind of part of what you're trying to say is, is, Hey, maybe you'll enjoy season three more. If you don't make up in your head what you think it should be, as far as even the very storyline itself, right, and then get disappointed because someone else had a different idea, right? Um, yes. Don't do that's that. Dylan, that's Dylan's mo, though. Anyway, like even if I say a movie was awesome, he's like, I'm just going to pretend it was seven clicks less awesome, so that I enjoy <laughs> myself at the theater. Because yeah. Corey has a tendency to sensationalize. Yeah. Well, maybe it's of all of my failings, maybe it's one of the few things in life I do well because I enjoy my life more than other people. So just have a really low bar in all areas of life. Not even a low bar, but certainly don't get worked up about what you think things should be all the time. Okay. Let's not talk about should just, where do you think, where do you think it's going to go season three? I think they, so knowing that the, the, whatever, there's going to be the new Republic show, uh, marshals of the new Republic or whatever it's called. 
that's got to pull Cara Dune off, right? So that's going to be primarily about her. So I think she'll be in Mando season three less. I think Grogu's, Grogu's probably gone for a while. I don't know that I expect Ahsoka back soon. Um, I think this might be a buildup, a little bit of a buildup with Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan's number two, and, and probably jumping more into the Mandalorian world, like trying to figure out the, the power struggle on Mandalore, I think mm-hmm. at this point. We might see Thrawn show up once or twice as the villain because the Mandalorians are going to need somebody that's a villain and he's going to kind of represent the empire. Um, but I think it's going to be more behind the scenes, the world of the Mandalorians. What I think uh, is sort of character development wise with the Mandalorian is, is that he, uh, we, we saw in the last couple episodes that, that he's, he's done a couple things that he's never really done before because the situation called for it, mm-hmm. uh, taking off, taking off the helmet Um I mean, putting on a, a different uniform and then taking off a helmet altogether, uh, showing his face a couple of different times um, because it called for it. He's been, he's been confronted uh, by sort of a, an, I don't know if you would call it sort of by another Mandalorian philosophy. Um, and, uh, and I, that's what I think we're going to see is, is some personal character development and deep like religious questioning type of stuff um about his uh about his own existence and so that's that's what i i I expect the mandalorian to be more more about the mandalorian yeah he's made certain um um moral um, compromises and so how will that affect him um, now that he's sort of gone against the the code and the way a little bit, like yeah, how much does that eat him up inside? I'm interested to see more of the network of the Mandalorians. They've talked a lot about factions and like the zealot the zealot groups, and then the I wonder if they sort of build out this network further and and start to show us more. What's the status on Mandalore right now? Is it like in disarray and? Like Armageddon is rubble, essentially, huh? I think destroyed, essentially. Yeah, I, I thought so, right? So there's yeah. there's not much to fight for there. So I'm I'm assuming we go back to Mandalore and see what the current state of affairs is, but try to build it, like have all these little factions of of Mandalorians and those that are more religious about it, those that are more true mercenaries, those that are you know I think that would be interesting to to play with a little bit to a point though. I mean that's maybe they all come together for one big battle at the end to defeat somebody. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, People liked it a lot when they were, uh, when they, when we saw a bunch of them together in the streets uh, to save the day at one point to let man Mando get off the, the uh, Island, the planet, but yeah, interesting, interesting stuff, but it's just to show you guys, it's not like life or anything. Yeah. And now that season two is over and it's all done and we've had a chance to talk about it. I think it's a good time for everybody to go and check on their children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they can all ride bikes, Kendall. <laughs> I'm just saying, just don't forget that they're there. That's all, all right. We have a few minutes left. Let's uh, since we didn't really do much of it last year, like maybe just one favorite Christmas tradition or thing or moment 
not a specific one, just when this happens and I hear this song and the smell of this, to me, that's just Christmas. Like, let's just wrap up with a nice Christmas thought. Yeah, man, I'm a sucker for like the Bing Crosby, Nat King Cole, Rat Pack Christmas music. Uh, that, that to me, I mean, that makes things feel like Christmas. And obviously I'm a fan of food, so I have more of a <laughs> podcasting body. So I think when you, I think, you know, a good meal, nice music playing, I, that's, that's it, man. That's it. But this year it'll be fun because, uh, again, two and a half, three year old, going to be more fun watching her. She didn't know what she was doing last year, you know, so watching her open gifts, will I think will be a lot more fun this year. Uh, for me, outdoors stuff. So Christmas lights, chill in the air. Um, there's just, there's, there's so many sensual things that happen, um, outside when it just starts to get, to get cold. Um, that, uh, that just remind me of like going out Christmas shopping with, with my dad once a year or, um, or, or the same thing going out Christmas shopping with my mom or driving around as a kid looking at Christmas lights and that kind of thing. And so just like all of <clears throat> that, uh, that general feeling of, of, uh, of, of Christmas that, that I used to have as a kid comes up every time that I smell cold air. Um, you know, every time that I, that I, I see people Christmas shopping every time I see somebody putting up Christmas lights, um, just all, all that. Yeah. I'm sappy for the music too. When, when Nat King Cole's, uh, the Christmas song comes on those first couple notes and there's a fire and even better if somebody has their wood burning stove on and you smell it in the, I mean, just does it get any better than that? Um, I'm so excited. I've got, I've done some really good shopping and gift giving this year. And I genuinely, this isn't because I'm supposed to say this. I genuinely get so excited to give people gifts. And I was telling Sherry tonight before we recorded, nobody asked me what I wanted and I didn't tell anybody anything I wanted. So I have no expectation for myself. And I'm just so excited for people to see their gifts. Um, I think it's going to be a really fun birthday and Christmas. Cool. So. Beautiful. Guys, one of my gifts uh, is doing this show with you. It's a lot of fun. And um, I know we mom. talked about what? <laughs> What'd you say? Like my mom. <laughs> um, I know we talked about it at the top. Tip top, tippity top. Um, but just the fact that like this little thing that we wanted to do is starting to have a little bit of a ripple effect and people, some people, few people, a couple people, well, just Jordan and has enjoy it. And, um, <laughs> that people write about what we talk about and, um, yeah, it's just really fun. And I don't know where it's going to go, uh, in 2021, there are some exciting things in the works, uh, with the network that we're a part of that we will um, talk about later, but um, I'm just, I have a blast. And so um, it's fun to have a space set aside to talk about life and geek culture and catch up with you guys and 
give our thoughts and opinions on things. So anyway, thank you for the gift of uh, doing this each week. You're welcome. <laughs> and if I get nothing else except time with you and a bromance with the grief burrito boys, it's I a, feel real, it's I feel a, real good about it. It's a good day. But then again, yeah. my bar's real low. So I feel, I feel warm and fuzzy and not, not just because I farted um, recently, although that does make me happy. Uh, there's, I came up with a new term. Um, I call, I call farts now breathing seasoning, uh, is, breathing is my new, seasoning. is my new fart term. So yes, I've, I've sprinkled a little breathing seasoning in my office and that is my little Christmas gift to myself. What notes are you picking up on? <laughs> uh, mostly diet, Dr. Pepper. <laughs> The skyline, the skyline for me. I didn't hey, have skyline today, but uh, Jeremy Bullock passed away last week. The OG, the original man behind the Boba Fett mask, which is another reason that that this guy is next to me. If you're watching on the YouTube, so uh, rest in peace, Mr. Bullock. Thank you for giving us a character that we all love, and ultimately that led to this show that we all love and talked way too much about tonight because it's just a show, but it's fun and we're grown up children, so. That's fine. 100%. Anything else, boys? Nope. Peace. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a beautiful Christmas. Um, Sucks that we can't all be with our families the way that we would like, but we hope that you enjoy. Um, Make the most of it. Um, Tell your family you love them. Uh, Enjoy your gifts. Have fun. And if anybody uh, gives you their heart, do not give it away the next day. Do not. The very next day? I mean, come on. Yeah. Of all days, don't do it on the very next day. Right. All right. Bye. See ya. Breathing seasoning.